And we are to do that holy job sometimes in the middle of just the most boring or the most mundane or just the things that we have to do. We have to do that holy job. And that is to take that thought captive. So if you have ever fallen prey to thoughts gone wrong, today's Bridget's episode is just for you. Uh, The topic is titled, You Are What You Think About. And when it comes to our thoughts and how powerful they are, the Bible and also secular scholars agree that our thoughts are powerful. The Bible says it like this. I'll read from the King James Proverbs 23, verse 7. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. And I believe the Bible to be true. And I'm quite sure that because you're watching, you believe that also. And if you think about what this verse is really saying to us is that whatever we're thinking inside of ourselves, that that's who we are. And so sometimes we have to trace those thoughts and get to the root to really understand how to have the kind of thought life that God wants us to have, a thought life that would bring us abundance, that would bring us blessing, that would help us move forward through the challenges in our lives. And I want to share with you uh, a story from when I was in high school, and this is one of the first times that I can really remember that I really understood that I had fallen prey to thoughts gone wrong. I mean, what should have been something that was fun, an exciting, an opportunity to mature and grow um, became like, oh no, I am so afraid to do this. And my thoughts, I was just consumed with it. And so it's kind of funny because while most teenagers in America look forward to getting their driver's license, um, I was absolutely petrified. And while most parents are very nervous about their teenagers getting out there on the road and navigating, My parents were quite excited. They thought that would just be the best thing ever for me to get into driver's training and get a driver's license. So I didn't handle it uh, very maturely. I was uh, a born-again Christian at the time. And my, at that time in school, schools offered driver's education classes and You went to a class where part of it was book work, and we took quizzes and tests, and that part didn't bother me so much. But the idea of getting out there in one of those student driver cars, like they put these signs on the top of them and they were marked on the side, the idea of me driving around that course on the school property in front of like my fellow students and getting out onto the interstate, no, not the interstate, not that, I thought. I don't know. I thought, well, I could make a driving mistake. I could cause an accident. I mean, these thoughts were thoughts gone wrong. And so my dad would ask me every few weeks, so Monica, when are you going to be able to take the driver's education classes? And I would say, Dad, I'm on a waiting list. So I told you I didn't handle it the best because that wasn't true. That wasn't That was a lie. There was no waiting list for driver's training, but I made that story up because I had fallen prey to thoughts gone wrong, and my thoughts had just run away with me. And uh, so I kept telling my dad whenever he'd ask, or my mom, yeah, I'm on the waiting list. And one day, 
when I got home from school. My dad, I really didn't see any expression like on his face to know that I had been caught. <laughs> he said to me, uh, Monica, I called the principal today. And I'm like, the principal? <laughs> He's like, yeah. I asked him why your name hadn't come up on the driver's training uh, list yet. And he said, you know, something like, there is no waiting list. And I'm like, yeah, busted. <laughs> Lied right over here and just got caught. He's like, well, no problem, Monica. I put your name on the list. I'm like, you put my name on the list? Yeah, I put your name on the list. And you're going to start in two weeks. And I thought, two weeks? Two weeks? Like, I have to think about this for two weeks? And I'm, I'm trying to explain to my parents that this is catastrophic. I'm not able to do this. Uh, and they're saying things like, well, how are you going to get a job? Like, well, you, everybody has to get a driver's license. And I'm thinking... Well, everybody might have to, but I'm not going to, but they could not be persuaded. Uh, despite my arguments, my examples, my fear, they didn't care. They were just like, you're going to take driver's training, and that's how it's going to be. So, well, some of you would be like, well, that's not the worst thing in the world. You're right, but my thought life made that the worst thing in the world because Anytime I had a free moment to spare, and sometimes when I had no moments to spare, and I should have been paying attention in school, I was thinking about how awful driver's training was going to be. And so when I got into my very first driver's training class, first it was book work. And I want to tell you, if someone said, well, was it that bad? It's like, no, it was worse than that. It was the most boring lecture ever. And then you take this little quiz about, well, if this happens, do you stop at the stop sign A, B, C? And I started, I had a couple of thoughts that maybe like if I just flunk all the book work, I won't have to go out there and drive. But then I thought, well, that's probably not a good idea. And you may be wondering, well, did I pray for God to help me? You know, what I prayed was that it could be over really soon. I don't think I was even brave enough to know to ask God to help me guide me through my fears on it. I was just like, God, just get me out of this. Please get me out of this. And so we had to walk from the classroom where we did the book work onto the driver's training course, which was like right out there in back of the school where people hung out and talked and not far from the track where people were working out. And it was just like all of my thoughts gone wrong, maximized out there. And so we're all standing out there, and the teacher is calling off names for who's going to get in what student car and drive around the track. And, you know, I start praying internally, God, please don't let me be picked first. And as soon as I got the God, please don't, Mr. Fenner called my name. Mm -hmm. So I was one of the first victims, well, students, whatever you want to call it. And when I get in the car, Mr. Fenner says to me, so... Have you ever driven before, Miss Phillips? And I said, no. And he grimaces. He grimaces. And then he's telling me how, you know, I'm in the driver's seat. He's in the passengers, but in these really ugly student driver cars, he also has a brake so that he can press on that if any driving mistakes and everything's going to be just fine. And I'm thinking, yeah, it's going to be just fine when this is over. So he tells me to accelerate. And because I hadn't ever driven before, I floored it. So the car goes, mm -hmm. Mr. Finner's grimacing. I don't know what the poor students in the back were doing. He slams on the brakes, and he says something like, I can see this is going to be fun. And I'm thinking, 
At the end of that first class, he told me, Mr. Fenner told me, you are my worst student ever. And I wanted to tell him, I think you're my worst teacher ever, but like we couldn't really do that. When I went to school, that would have gotten me in trouble. And uh, the thoughts all through driver's training were just really hard for me. These thoughts gone wrong. And as I said, I was a Christian at this time. And so when I would read the word and when I would go to church, I would hear about the power of thoughts. I would hear about how God can walk us through and we can renew our minds and we can think differently. And, you know, honestly, I used to think a lot, it's because I think about thinking, um, (laughs) that I thought all those sermons sounded really good. What was hard for me at that time and sometimes even now, is to see, okay, well, how does that work in real life? Because somehow in that air-conditioned sanctuary and our pastor gardener preaching, and he was such a great preacher, we think, yes, I can do that. Amen. I can do that. Yes, I can renew my mind. Yes, I can take those thoughts captive. And there I'd be in driver's training class just like, "Ah, get me out of here. All of my thoughts have gone wrong. So now you can see that I really understand that struggle of thoughts gone wrong. And because I understand that you are what you think about, I realize that this struggle is one with God's help that I'm going to have to walk through. And so when I got together with my two co-writers, Rhonda Ray and Kaylee Ray, and their mom and daughter, and when we work on book projects together, they bring all the fun and I bring all the seriousness. <laughs> it's kind of like that, really, because they're just really funny and fun. And I'm just thinking about all the serious things that could <laughs> possibly go wrong and what we can do to mitigate all of that. So when we talked about the second Messy to Meaningful book, I said, okay, I would like to talk about the power of thoughts and how you are what you think about. And so I think the challenge for a lot of us is that with our thoughts, we have this space inside of our head. We may be a Christian or have been a Christian long enough to know that there are certain things it's not okay to say out loud or admit to because people will correct us and say that's not right. But inside this space in our head, these thoughts can just go wrong and they can go wild. And for most of us, we're living a pretty, what I would call an everyday life, like a life in which we're doing dishes or we're loading the dishwasher, we're doing laundry, we have long commutes to work. A lot of us are probably working nine to five jobs that honestly seem more like a duty than a calling. And in the middle of all that, We have all of these thoughts going through our head about the things that we need to do, the things that could possibly go wrong. And even though we're praying for God to bless our families and for our minds to be renewed, just on some days in the middle of all that mundane stuff that's going on, it just seems like Goliath the giant just marches right in and takes over with our thoughts and these thoughts gone wrong. And for me, sometimes those thoughts are just like, well, Maybe that all went wrong. Maybe I didn't pray hard enough. Maybe I should have prayed more. Maybe I missed God. Maybe I should have done that. Well, what if this and what if that? And I know enough to not say that out loud because people will say, oh, no, that's absurd. No, we're all trusting God, doing the best we can. And yet inside of this head, those thoughts and perhaps inside of 
your head that in the middle of this mundane and in the middle of this mental activity, there is this sacred war that's going on between thoughts gone wrong, having a renewed mind, trusting God in this most mundane turf of taking care of a home and working a job, or even if you're retired, just taking care of the daily duties of life, taking God at his word, that our thoughts can still go awry. But if we really believe that you are what you think about and that those thoughts are powerful, we have to find some ways to really get in there and, and do things God's way, to fight this battle of these thoughts looming, to fight it in a sacred way, to fight it in a way that brings God honor and that helps us grow through these thoughts that come our way. And while most people would consider their jobs a duty, or maybe at least some of the people, that we have this holy job that God gives us, and that holy job is to take every thought captive. We can't always help what thoughts come our way. Sometimes our thoughts do emanate inside of ourselves about what we're afraid of, like for example, the driver's training. Sometimes thoughts come at us, come at us from other people, and they're about other people's expectations or how they perceive us. And in the middle of doing all this mundane stuff, whether that's a job or laundry or whatever else, taking care of children, those thoughts are just emanating through our head. So I want to take us through what I'm going to call today some thought changers that can help these thoughts that go wrong, that grow, that escalate, um, that take us sometimes to places that we don't want to go. How can we turn that around in a way that honors God and helps us to grow in character and helps us to grow in faith. So the first thought changer number one is take that thought gone wrong captive. So I want to say this. I want to read this verse to you out of 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 5. And I'll read this out of the New Living Translation. It says there, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And so if you've been a Christian for any time, you've probably heard that scripture before. But one of the things that really stands out to me about that particular scripture is that that scripture is absolutely active duty language. That scripture has all kinds of verbs in it that tells us that when these thoughts gone wrong, whether they emanate from inside of us or from circumstances or from other people, that we have a holy job to do. And we are to do that holy job sometimes in the middle of just the most boring or the most mundane or just the things that we have to do. We have to do that holy job. And that is to take that thought captive. Part of what the scripture is saying to us is that we will either be taken captive or prisoner by our thoughts, or we will turn that around, which is God's way, and we will take those thoughts gone wrong, take them captive, make them a prisoner, and make that thought obey Christ. In other words, these thoughts gone wrong, we don't allow them to own us. We take them 
and we submit those thoughts to the Savior of our soul, to the Prince of Peace, and we let those thoughts be taken, we make them prisoner, we make them obey Christ. So what we do in our thought life is say, I am going to think God's way. I'm not going to let these thoughts gone wrong run me down this road one more time again, but I'm going to make this thought obey Christ. And those thoughts, again, come in all different forms and fashion. It can be that we're second-guessing ourselves. Did I miss God? Did I ever hear from God? Should I have done something better? And listen, if those thoughts are getting you somewhere, like if you're able to get to the bottom of something and say, well, you know, I learned a few lessons from this mistake, that's great. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the thoughts gone wrong that condemn us, that scold us, that shame us, that make us feel less than, that make us feel ridiculed. That doesn't ever come from God. And that is not God's will. And here's something else. No matter how badly we feel about all that or how much we pray about all of that, if we don't do our part, if we don't do that holy job of taking those thoughts captive and making them prisoner and making them obey Christ, that cycle will just repeat and repeat and repeat. And when you take that cycle and you hold that cycle up to you are what you think about, a lot of us are a mess because we think a lot of messy, messy thoughts. And while life in a fallen world can and does get messy, God has a far more meaningful life for us than to hang out with messy thoughts all day long. Thought changer number two is a, is a second part of that verse. It's make every thought obedient to Christ. How does a thought obey Christ? How do we make it do that? Take your thought. And I will have, in addition to this video up online, some online extras that will give you the scriptures that we talk about today, an outline of the notes. But there will also be um, some puzzle pieces that you can kind of put together and some places to journal to write down what is that thought. My thought about the driver's training was that I was going to fail. I was going to make a driving mistake. I was going to make an idiot of myself. And I have to make that thought obey Christ. And that is... Things like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When I am afraid, I will trust the Lord. That God promises to work everything out for my good if I love him, if I'm called according to his purpose. That God never scolds or shames us. He is for us. He is not against us. So that is we can sometimes take our thoughts and journal them and write next to that verses to make those thoughts to take them captive and to make them obedient to Christ. So that's thought changer number two, make every thought obedient to Christ. In other words, we don't have to let our thoughts beat us up all day long. Even if we've done wrong or we make a mistake, we repent, we return from that and let that thought go. Thought changer number three, declare thoughts gone wrong, null and void. And this activity, this declaration of declaring those thoughts null and void can be done right in the middle of everyday life. It is scriptural, it's biblical to have a prayer closet that just means a place that you pray, a sacred time that you set apart to just seek God. It is not always possible in the middle of a work day 
to shut down for an hour and go into prayer. It's not always possible when you're at home caring for small children to say, oh, kids, my thoughts are going wrong. I'm going to go for an hour and pray. If you have children to take care of, you need to take care of your children. Declaring uh, thoughts gone wrong null and void is something that you can do while you're caring for your children, while you're driving down the street to go to work, or when um, you're doing some activity or at some family gathering. You can, can't control necessarily every thought that comes your way, but we can stop those words from festering in our heads and in our hearts. We can declare that stuff null and void by the power of God's word. And I want to give you this example from many years ago when I was pregnant with our son. I had a very close friend named Crystal, and Crystal had been through uh, a long period of time waiting and hoping and praying to get pregnant. All of our friends are having babies. Finally, Crystal gets pregnant, and then she miscarries. Right at that time for Crystal is the baby shower that my church family is giving for me. And so Crystal tells me, I really want to come to the baby shower, but it's going to be really hard for me. And I said, you know, really, I know that you love me and you don't have to come. If, if it's just going to be a really hard day, we can just go out to eat. We can go do something another time. And I, I mention that only because I think sometimes when we're, when we're going through really hard things, it's okay to give ourselves some grace and not make things harder. She said that she wanted to come. So here we are, my sweet friend who's had a miscarriage, who really, really wants to be pregnant. She's at a baby shower where many of the same girls our age are pregnant and already have several children. So I don't know what she was thinking about inside of her head and in her heart, but I do know because I sat with her, the people that walked up to her, one person, I'm sure well-intended, but seriously through a really bad thought gone wrong Crystal's way. She says to her, well, you know, you probably had a miscarriage because there was something wrong for the baby, and, and next time it'll be okay. You all, we can't always stop those crazy thoughts from being said to us, but we can declare them null and void. The enemy looks for our weaknesses. The Bible says that he scans us for weakness, and for Crystal at that point in time, that weakness just was her desperate want for a child And just that trauma of having a miscarriage and then having people offer their opinion, oh, we'll be at your baby shower next. You all, those comments are not always helpful, but here's the thing. We can't control what people say to us, but we can make a decision. Since you are what you think about, that we're going to stop those thoughts dead in their tracks. We're going to declare them null and void and not allow it to injure us any further. So even though that day was hard for Crystal, she made that brave decision that those comments, well-intended though they were, were hurtful, and she wasn't going to allow herself to fester or to ruminate over those things. Here's some really good news just so that you know. Crystal did have two healthy children, and she now has four grandchildren that she calls her grandsugars, and um, they call her uh, Nanny Crystal. And I remember someone said, you want your 
uh, grandchildren to call you nanny. Don't you want like a better name? And she's like, you don't know how hard I prayed to get pregnant and how much I wanted to have these grand sugars. So I talked to Crystal a couple of months ago and she's just like such a happy camper. And we were laughing about that day at my baby shower and how we really prayed for each other and how much I wanted to protect her. And I want to say God's protection against thoughts and thoughts gone wrong are that we take them captive, that we make them obedient to Christ, that we declare hurtful things powerless to harm us any further. You are what you think about. Thoughts are powerful. Even if nobody else knows what you're thinking, not only does God know, but your heart knows. And it can affect everything about our heart and life if we are repeating to ourselves. That will never happen to me. Those things only happen to other people. Good, God answers other people's prayers. You all, we all have thoughts that we don't necessarily want to share with other people. And sometimes we go through seasons of suffering. And sometimes in those suffering, you know, we may pray for relief. And God may allow that trial to go on longer than we like. I think thoughts gone wrong can make even really hard seasons of our life even even much worse than what we can think. So what I want us to just know with the surety today that with thought changer number one, take that thought gone wrong captive. The thought's not going to go away by itself. We have active duty language here that tells us we have got to sign on and stop that. Thought changer number two is make every thought obedient to Christ. There are some things that it is not worth. There's just not worth thinking about once, and they're certainly not worth overthinking. If the thought doesn't agree with God's word, take it captive. Make it obedient to Christ. Thought, number th- a thought changer number three is declare thoughts gone wrong, null and void. Seriously, if the thoughts already hurt you once or already hurt you twice, like don't let it get worse. Declare it null and void. This is a process. This is what we have to do over and over and over again. It is not good for any of us. It's just not healthy to let human thought dictate our life. That's why the Bible tells us you are what you think about. Think about what's good. Think about what's holy. Think about what God has done for you. Certainly, we have to acknowledge our limitations. We have to acknowledge uh, the truth about what's going on in our life. But to allow negative thought patterns to fester and to grow, to take hold of those thoughts gone wrong and just magnify them, that is a recipe for messy, messy failure. But God's thoughts about us are good. And so we can take those thoughts captive and realize that since we are what we think about, we want to be who God says that we are. We are out of time for today. We've got to go, but we say goodbye and God bless you. Join the Bridges community on Facebook. Visit Facebook and search for Bridges with Monica. We would love to connect with you. When I truly turned my heart to the Lord, He took every 
sin I ever did away from me. God really is your other half. God, he's the only person who can really, you know, fill those holes and cracks in your heart that you're so wanting someone to fill. It's no good to have a big dream if you're not putting yourself in motion to yeah. go after that. Log on to www.ctntv.org where you can make a prayer request, view our program guide, see who's on bridges, or even watch one of Monica's latest teachings. Log on to www.ctntv.org. Hi, I'm Beckett Cook, host of The Beckett Cook Show. I lived as a gay man in Hollywood for many, many years until I had a radical encounter with Jesus 13 years ago. Since then, I've gotten my master's degree in seminary and published a book called A Change of Affection. On my podcast, The Beckett Cook Show, I sit down with fascinating Christian scholars and thinkers to address the lies of the culture and bring the biblical truth to bear on those lies. To start listening now, go to lifeaudio.com or search for The Becca Cook Show on your favorite podcasting platform.